Hey everyone, it's Kevin. This episode of They Teach That is a panel discussion with former National Students of the Year who were in attendance at the 2019 Student Television Network Convention in Seattle. Uh, they were working as staff members for the convention, helping to facilitate uh, everything from contests to opening ceremony and whatever it was that uh, needed facilitating. Uh, my goal for a while has been to try to have conversations with alumni from some of your programs out there, and so I seized at the opportunity to do just that in Seattle. What's awesome about this episode is it's great for you as an advisor, but it's especially great for your students to listen to. Uh, I can't say that about all of my episodes. Uh, most of them were focusing on you know teachers and, and how a teacher is running a program and you know things that other teachers might find helpful and useful. Um, but this episode is the perspective of students and, and what those former students are uh, going through, uh, whether they're in college or professionals now, and, um, and most of the advice that they offer uh, is speaking directly to your students and to their future and what they have to look forward to and things that they need to kind of be thinking about. Uh, there is one other episode in your feed from last summer. It was my episode with Ryan Welshans, who's uh, one of my friends from high school. Uh, and he kind of offers his perspective as a former student. So I'd say that episode and this one are probably ones that are definitely worth sharing with your classes uh, and even with former students who are out there right now trying to find their way in post-secondary education or who are maybe working in the industry. I'll also have another episode that's a panel discussion in the near future along with an episode that's a documentary of the 2019 Student Television Network convention. But for right now, let's get this episode started. Cue that new music. All right, guys, welcome to They Teach That, a podcast about film and television production programs in our schools. I'm the host, Kevin Patterson, and today is really awesome because we're doing a live session here at the Student Television Network convention in Seattle, Washington, and I have four former STN students of the year, national students of the year, uh, that are here to talk. So what I want to do first is kind of have the four of you guys uh, introduce yourselves. Let me kind of quickly run down the list. we got Noah Gray from uh, the 2010 STN Student of the Year, uh, Aaron Sordle, the 2015 Student of the Year, Jordan Elder, the 2016 Student of the Year, and Shelby, what, Dorshaw? Dorshaw, Dor okay. Dorshaw, I'm mispronouncing your name, I apologize, uh, from the 2018 Student of the Year. So, if you guys could quickly give us an introduction, just tell us like where you're from and, and kind of what you're doing, just give us kind of a, a real quick introduction of yourself. All right, uh, I'm Noah Gray from Miami, Florida, from Miami Palmetto Senior High School. Uh, I'm the 2010, as you said, Student of the Year. Um, I, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I went to college at American University in D.C., and uh, now I'm working uh, in television covering politics and government. Uh, my name is Aaron Sordle. I'm a senior at Syracuse University studying television, radio, and film and accounting. I went to American Heritage School in Plantation and was a part of WAHS News. I'm Jordan Elder. I was a student of the year in 2016. I currently go to Arizona State University. I graduated from Park Hill High School. I was a part of Trojan TV News. My major now is journalism and mass communication, but my emphasis is in broadcasting and digital analytics. My name is Shelby Dorshow. Though I'm at the 2019 convention, I represent last year's accomplishments in 2018. Um, I am from Roy City High School in Roy City, Texas, known as RCTV. 
And uh, right now it's kind of an awkward gap in doing community college to save money because, if you don't know, college is very expensive. But my goal is to go into documentary-style filmmaking, potentially online platforms like YouTube, um, to do lifestyle content. Fantastic. So uh, I want to start off with your guys' high school experiences because, um, you know, that was a, a big part, I imagine, of who you are today. Um, and... You know, we want, I want to talk about like what your guys' experiences were um, and kind of how STN was a big part of your high school experience. And we don't have to go in any order, so it could just be kind of whoever wants to kind of jump in and, and talk. Um, but just tell me about what your experience in high school was like, and it could be all four years or if there's one particular year that just, you know, was really kind of your defining year of high school and, and that really kind of made you into who you are, then you just want to talk about that. Um, but tell us about what your experience was like and... Um, how the Student Television Network played a role in that. Everyone looks at me, of course, to start that one. Um, well, you, yeah, as most recent <laughs> yeah, memories. Yeah, for you, of so. course. Um, well, I came from. There's a lot of big schools here at STN, um, but I truly believe that it's always quality over quantity. Doesn't matter if you bring four people to STN or forty people to STN or up to a hundred. Um, we, my first year we went was in Atlanta, Georgia, when I was a sophomore. I think we brought nine kids. Uh, we did somehow two Crazy Eights, short film and sitcom, and that was a thing. Those are the good days, but it's gone now. It's sad, I know. Um, and uh, I competed in randomly music video. I was thrown in with a senior because, you know, seniority is how we did it. And uh, so coming from a small school, um, we did more of an entertainment style broadcast. You kind of learn the basics and intro to audio video. Um, it's really interesting to, I remember, when I was a uh, sophomore, I thought STN was literally, you go to this place for four days, you compete in an on-site contest, and you try to win. I had no idea that it was so much more. I, my motto was like, STN is so much more than a four-day convention. Um, and so when I actually went to STN um, and I experienced it, my ultimate goal was like, I want to make next year and I want to submit something to like every single contest. I want to get more involved. I want to get my name out there. Um, and so... I really tried to get my school involved. Uh, there were some struggles there because some high schoolers, they, they can be kind of lazy and not really want to get involved, especially like, I feel like every year as where I'm from, students get a little bit lazier, a little bit lazier, a little less involved. And so it's hard to really pick and choose the ones that want to be involved and want to stick with it. Um, but if you find them, you know, it's great. And so um, I did things like the STN Collaborative Documentary 2017 with the president, Jackie Romy. Um, and that's how I met Nancy for the first time and all that. Um, and so they got to know me through that way. I did things like fall challenges. Um, I wasn't very good at it, but I did it. And that's the important part is like, it can be intimidating because you know, you have all these, like I said, the big name schools, but that's, that's not the point. I still did it to learn and I got my feedback and I learned what I did wrong so that in every contest I grew a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and like build those steps to really get to where I am today. So high school is like what started everything with that. So I guess we can go from the most recent to the to the oldest over here. Uh, so I uh, went into my TV production program my sophomore year of, of high school because I transferred schools and I didn't know about STN. Um, my my teacher Jay Salon was on the board of STN, so uh, I found out about this and found out that we'd been going. Um, and I've always really liked you know documentary filmmaking like Shelby because I think it's a way that you can tell people about an issue that they're not aware of and get them to try and act and do something. Uh, so I m made a documentary 
uh, to try and get young people to vote in Miami when uh, when I was in high school and I entered it in STN's film festival, like in the Excellence Awards that we saw last night. Um, and it won Best Documentary. So my first experience at STN was going out to Anaheim uh, and, and having my documentary play uh, for an audience of, of young people that I that the message was for um so i really enjoyed that and then in addition to to that excitement you know working on music video working on what was sweet 16 at the time uh before crazy eight was was shortened um it was just a, a really great experience to collaborate with other creative young people and to kind of see uh, a group of energetic young people that care about television and film. Um, and I, I always was interested in documentary, um, but I work in television now and STN, I think kind of helped transform, transform my, my trajectory into a TV one. Um, and my TV production program was strengthened every year by STN, by coming here, by competing, by learning from other people, by going to sessions like this and learning from so many great people. Uh, and then each year we came back and I did more TV stuff. Um, and, and while music video was fun and exciting, uh, you know, STN kind of helped me figure out what it was I, I wanted to do more. Um, and I actually went to American University because I, I found AU at, at not the college fair, but they were an exhibitor here uh, when I was here uh one year and they said you know you need to come to american and i said well i've been looking at american and i applied and and the professor professor sarah Mankeyfish, who was here uh ended up being one of my professors my first professor freshman year um so i'm i'm very thankful to stn uh and this is i think my ninth convention or so i've had to miss a couple years uh for covering the the campaign trail i haven't been able to be here every year but uh, it's 2019, and, and I was 2010 student of the year, so STN has a special special place in my heart. Um, and as Shelby was saying, a lot of, I think, teenagers can get a bad rap these days because, you know, people think that you're lazy. Some of you can be, but uh, I, I think it's, it's great to see a group of people that really care about something and uh, come back every year to try and make yourselves better and uh, whatever I can do to help that uh, I, I'd like to so that's why I'm here hey, really quick. I want to uh, I'm just curious because I've been at convention since these three have, have were at convention But how was the scope of STN different back in 2010 versus now? I think it's more organized now. I think uh, I think it's 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 a well-oiled machine And I'm not just saying that because because I'm here on staff and Nancy paid for my trip out here uh, But no, I I think it's expanded. We've had we have a lot more people here. We have a lot more interest um, the one thing that that I actually was thinking about yesterday is the technology has really um, Improved tremendously and the equipment has has changed um I was just remembering, you know, I used to shoot on a Sony VX2100, which is a, a little crappy 4x3 uh, mini DV camera. Does anyone know what a mini DV tape is? Raise your hand if you know what a mini DV tape. We have about a half a hand raised in a room of, of 25 or so uh, right now. I'm yeah. very well acquainted with those. Yeah, so you, you used to have to export on Final Cut. You'd have to play it back, print it to tape on your... On your, uh, on, on your camera in real time and you'd have to factor in 
to your turn in time and now it's usb sticks and online like judging and it's like it's crazy but but the thing that hasn't changed is no matter what camera you're using whether you're using a stabilized camera whether you're using you know some fancy technology it's all about the story uh and the story doesn't change and the characters don't change um and that's something to keep in mind that as we evolve and as technology you know gets more and more advanced what we're doing is the same it's the same fundamentals and and don't get distracted by the fancy stuff i'm in tv as well or like eventually that's the goal is to be in tv i'm getting there um, I had kind of a weird route into my high school journalism program. I have known pretty much since I was little that I wanted to be a journalist. I, my babysitters would turn on Good Morning America and I would just sit and like watch it every single morning and go to school and be talking to people about what was happening and they were like, Jordan, nobody cares about this. And I was like, okay, well I care. Um, so the way that journalism worked at Park Hill where I went is they wouldn't let you enroll in the class as a freshman because we did a daily live show and they didn't trust freshmen to go live in front of the whole school so i had to really fight to get it in there and i was on i was on the ap track and they wanted me to be taking ap classes and not broadcast journalism so i had to go in and like fight with the counselors my parents had to call and fight with the counselors and the principal to get me in it and my teacher definitely kind of took a chance letting me in i wasn't really a wild child but if I had been, that would have sucked for him. Um, I, I knew about STN because I tried to jump in and get started right away. But my parents scheduled a trip to Disney World over the, my STN convention freshman year in Los Angeles, so I couldn't go, and I was very upset. But he, Mr. Ford, my teacher, was like, okay, well, how about instead we try to we try to get you into spring nationals you can do a live interview we'll just see what happens he was like freshmen don't usually win like it's gonna be it'll just be for uh practice and then i won i got first place for the live interview <laughs> as a freshman so he was like okay she's serious about this i guess we can keep her so then i just stuck with it every year um, i fought with the counselors every single semester to try and stay in at that point because they were like you've already taken this class you don't need to take it again and i was like no you don't understand i really do so i stayed eventually for all four years and went to stn my sophomore junior and senior year and got so much out of it i think that going to stn really energized our program because it was still pretty new when i was getting into it and we were still learning exactly how to do the show and what worked best so by coming here and seeing what everyone else did really well we were able to grow and our program has grown a ton because when i first started coming um, my high school or my district had two high schools and we were rivals but we didn't have enough interest in the convention originally to compete as two separate schools so we would compete as one district and now they have 15 to 20 students that come with each school because the interest has grown that much and the programs have grown and we've gotten better and stronger so hopefully i'll be able to continue helping expose the program and show everybody that it's really fun and they let freshmen in now freshmen are allowed to do broadcast journalism at park hill high school now so that was that was a win all because of you not because of me for other reasons but <laughs> partly because i would of like you. to think take, take part of the credit Jordan. i do think that's the first time i've heard someone say my parents scheduled a trip to disney world and i was very upset i was so mad i cried about it that's when they were like, oh, she's got a problem. <laughs> um, so for me, it was kind of similar. I kind of had like a really weird path into broadcast. 
Um, so for me, my for my freshman year, I had like an open hour, like an independent study uh, in the spring, and my dad did not want me to have that open session. He wanted me to do something productive. Um, so he would volunteer at the school editing the newspaper, and then he talked to the broadcast journalism teacher who let me basically come in for the class as like an intern and help with whatever was needed. Um, and then I eventually worked my way up to crew chief, uh, and then I was executive producer my senior year doing at SDN. Uh, my favorite contest was weather. For some reason, I'm a big weather dork. Um, so I always did the weather report. Yeah, I'm a chat nerd. Um, but I always loved it and I always enjoyed it. Um, and at least for me, SDN was interesting because it let me figure out what I didn't want to do. Uh, I realized I kind of wanted to do more behind the scenes film um, instead of be in front of the camera and do news. So by going to the sessions and seeing everyone else produce their pieces, it kind of helped me see what I didn't want to do, which is something I think is important to learn as well. Can you give us a weather report for for today? I have not looked at the <laughs> I have not left the hotel. We're locked inside this hotel all day, y'all. <laughs> Except when we get to leave to walk to the convention center and walk right back. And, and you're in a city, so there's buildings all around. So it's just like, oh, I don't even see daylight really. It's like, oh, I, no. I see there's light on that building. It's it's out there somewhere. I love having STN in a city. You asked about how it's evolved. Many of of my conventions were spent in like hotel compounds in Orlando and California. Uh, it's really great to see students out on the streets shooting stuff, going to local businesses. You guys really have a great opportunity to use Seattle as your playground and at next year, one of my favorite cities uh, as your playground instead of just shooting in a hotel all day long. So that's, I think, pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's... And it's a whole different environment being in a city. Like, cause like last year we weren't in a... Like, we were in a city, but we weren't in, like, a downtown environment. And so... It's just different because like we had to like get out and kind of like you know, like you had to like really sprawl around the city. Whereas here it's like you walk out the door, it's your downtown. Kind of like when we were when we were in Atlanta, um, which you guys were there for that. Like it was that same thing. Like downtown environment, you walk out, there's just a ton around you. Um, so that's really cool. All right. So apart from let, let's let's take STN out of the equation of of your guys' experience as as youth. Um, tell us about like. Was there like some sort of like defining moment or just something that really uh, you feel like um, just made you kind of into who you are and, and kind of gave you the desire that you have to do what it is you're doing? Like, for instance, for me, I know when I was in high school, it was my junior year, like we were working towards producing contest entries, not for STM, but for like a local um, competition. And it was like the spring of my junior year when like I had some friends that we were you know, just working hard on, on cranking out these different entries, both for broadcast production and for film production. And just that experience of doing that and, and just the long, long hours at night that we spent trying to get everything recorded and edited um, just really gave me the drive and, and interest for what it is that I do now as a teacher. Um, what was it for you guys, and this either high school or even college, what was it for you guys as a youth that really kind of um, you feel like molded you and put you on the track for where you are now? I got a good answer for that one. I got to say before I forget it because I forget things easily. Do it. Um, so I get bored with things very easily. I'm a very spontaneous person, as you all can probably tell. And so when I first was in, I think it was like fourth grade, um, surprise, I wanted to be an actress. And I was like, I love acting. I'm going to be a famous actress in film, da 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 da. Um, and eventually I got so bored with theater because I wanted to do more. I literally used to make one thing, I made duct tape crafts in intermediate school and sold them to my school. 
little entrepreneurship there. Eventually, yeah, weird. And then I made lollipops and sold them to save up for my first camera, ironically enough, when I was a freshman. Um, I did yo-yo tricks for a little bit. Dropped that quick because I was not good at all. You know, I did all these different things. Um, and then I found film. And since I was in eighth grade, I think the reason it stuck is because like, when it comes down to it, there's no way to become bored because there's so many different things you can do. From, for example, the behind the scenes, the filming, the editing, from all the way down to the lighting, to holding a microphone, you know? It leads all the way to being the on-camera. You can act in your films, you can present, you can, like, there's so many things you can do. All the way to the genres, you know? There's the documentary, there's the narrative, there's the broadcast journalism, commercials, music video, all the events here. There's something for everyone, and so, I've never found myself at a loss of interest when it comes to making videos. There's always room to grow, room to improve, and I think that's why it's the one thing that like has stuck for so long. And it's growing more. Like there's yes, more that literally. you can do with it than you literally. ever could when I was a student. Yeah, so I, d I never get bored, and I'm always on my feet with film and TV and broadcast and all that. You even have a belt buckle that you can stick your camera to yeah, on your head. I actually is it on you me. right now? No, it's in my hotel room. I'm the worst. I should have brought it. But I actually, <laughs> I remember in my you're off duty. Yeah, okay. I got her for my studio of the year application. Not to plug STM, but I did get a letter of, letter of recommendation from Tom Olivia, the owner of the All American High School Film Festival. And before I got this, he wrote about me. He said it's as if Shelby constantly has her camera attached at her, as if it's like a part of her body. And when I went to New York this year, I actually bought a camera clip. And so it's literally always on me. And so it was so cool how you wrote that. And I was like, you know, Tom, just for you, I'm going to do that. So <clears throat> That's awesome. I had a, a defining moment uh, in middle school that I didn't realize would help me now um, become a better journalist and, and really kind of realized the power of, of news and the power of video and the power of storytelling um, and news gathering actually so I was uh, at Southwood Middle School in Miami uh, it was a six period day a normal day got to first period school was put on lockdown in the morning and we had no idea what was going on um, it was my first week with a cell phone uh, it was a little Nokia that uh, you could play snake on if anyone knows what snake is <laughs> Um, and we had no idea what was going on. We were placed on lockdown. We were sitting there. We were sitting there. Um, I was in, I was in a room with, with, with windows, which was rare for this school on the second floor in Miss Dillon's class. And I looked out the window and I saw two helicopters. One was a police helicopter and the other one was WPLG, the ABC affiliate in Miami. So... I had no idea what was going on. I was probably, what, what are you, 11, 12 in, in sixth grade? Mm -hmm. I called 411, which is the phone Google to figure out what phone num what people's phone numbers are. So you call I called 411. I asked for the WPLG assignment desk. Uh, I called WPLG. I asked for the assignment desk. And I said, hey, I'm a student at Southwood Middle School. Can you tell me what's going on? And they said, there's been a stabbing or a shooting in the school. And they said, one person is dead. We have no other information. Can you tell us what's going on? And then I said, thanks very much. And I hung up. And then I proceeded to tell everyone in the class what was going on. And very quickly, my cell phone was taken away. And uh, I was moved to the corner. Uh, I did call my parents quickly after I called the news station to say, hey, I'm OK. Um, for the rest of the day, we sat there not knowing what was going on. 
Uh, we were dismissed at the end of the day uh, in what would have been sixth period. It was still first period. I walk outside. I see dozens of crime scene vans uh, and, and microwave TV trucks. Local, every single local news station was there. I walked out of school looking for my mom. The first thing I had was a camera in my face. Uh, I don't know who was behind the camera. I just remember the lens in my face. Uh, every single morning, coming back to school, live reporters in front of the building. Every time, as a student, we were trying to cope about something traumatic, with something traumatic happening in the school, there was a reporter there, there was a camera in the face, there was a TV truck out front. My safe place had become vulnerable. Uh, and it was not easy as a middle schooler to go to school every day and have reporters come there to try and get their sound bites, to try and get the shots and not actually care about you as a student. So that has made me a better journalist now because I try to report with my heart and I try to report with empathy. Um, and I try to always remember that the people that you're reporting on will always be there when you leave. Um, and one thing that, that really resonated with me is a year later after the death uh, of Jaime Goff, we decided to do uh, a peace week. And I was doing videos for, for the middle school, uh, for my middle school principal, Ms. Hickman, uh, just for fun because, uh, you know, morning announcements type stuff, but, you know, just fun videos, positive videos to try and get the kids excited about what was going on in school. And a year later, she said, I want to do peace week and instead of having a tragic one year anniversary we want to celebrate Jaime's life and we want to celebrate peace and we want to make this kind of fun and year later to the date all the local tv stations came uh ready to report the one year anniversary of this really awful thing that happened and I made a video uh and we got the student government together and and it was just a positive positive message and Every single local TV station was given a VHS tape uh, of, of, the, of the film, and it led every single broadcast, uh, every single local broadcast, the five, the six, the seven o'clock in Miami. Every single story about this death was my positive message, uh, and that was a powerful moment to see, I guess, more of like a PR-type lesson, but to see that your stories and your messages can really change a narrative uh and and those were some very very real lessons as a middle schooler that uh helped me you know now as a journalist and and really when i when i want to get out of this when i think you know oh this is frustrating it really reminds me that you know the stories that you tell and and the power of film and video really really is is a powerful thing um, so for me, I guess my powerful moment came probably a little bit later. Um, I was already knew I kind of wanted to do some broadcasts on film. Um, so at Syracuse University, one of the classes you have to take is uh, Introduction to Film Course. And I didn't know really what I wanted to do yet in film. I didn't know what I wanted to, where I wanted to be on a set. Um, and I kind of was just really lost and confused. And just because of the way my schedule worked that semester, semester with my time and all my other extracurriculars I was doing, I kind of got stuck in the position of being like the production accountant, um, which is eventually what I want to be. And it was just really, for me, everything kind of clicked. It was scheduling, also looking at the budget. It kind of had everything I wanted in one role. Um, and for me, just kind of doing that whole project and working together in a group and 
seeing what at least a little bit would it have been like because yes we are students we had 15 hours of class at least each week um, for me that was kind of my moment where I knew exactly what I wanted to do and it really pushed me further down the path of what I wanted to do instead of being lost and confused. Mine, I talked about it a little bit earlier, watching Good Morning America. I think the moment that I realized I really wanted to do news specifically, and I wish I remember how old I was, but I don't. It was when Gabby Giffords got shot. Um, She was a congresswoman, she got shot in Tucson. And some of the news outlets that we were watching at my house, because my dad called me in, and was like, Jordan, you gotta come see this, like this is important. Uh, Some of the news outlets were reporting that she was dead and she wasn't dead. And I remember being really offended by that for her and for her family as a child, because that would be awful to like see on the news that your mother, that your wife is, has passed away and she really hasn't. And I was upset that either people didn't check closer or ask the right questions. And I understand now that it's a little more complicated in situations like that. Um, but however old I was, I was like, no, that's wrong. Why are they, why didn't, why'd they say that if it was wrong? And so that kind of, that's what kind of lit my fire of wanting to tell the truth and report things accurately as soon as you can. Awesome. So from all of those moments and uh, tell us about your guys' decision to pursue, whether it's journalism or film, to, to pursue what you're pursuing now. And, um, you know, we, we have a range from someone who's uh, in the professional world to someone who's just a year into college. Um, but tell us about your your you know, plan that w- what you started to do with your life after high school um, and kind of what your plans, I guess, are for the future, mainly for you guys for the future. You're kind of you're on a career track. So um, but, you know, tell us about your your college experience and, and uh, you know, kind of what you decided to pursue. Um, so for me, actually, when I first uh, decided to go to Syracuse University, I originally my majors were uh, broadcast journalism and film were the two things or sorry, broadcast journalism and marketing, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And it was kind of a way for me to get into the school and figure out what I wanted. Um, and then I kind of from there, it was a lot of taking different courses, taking different classes. Uh, and a lot of them kind of structured you in a way to help you know what you want to do by the time you're a sophomore or junior. And it really worked out for the best where I took the right classes and everything lucked out. And I definitely recommend to all of you guys, um, when you do go to college, talk to your professors that actually want to talk to you and get to know you and help you with any way possible. Uh, and I actually took a class in production management and I sat down with the professor. I was like, I need some help what to do. I don't know what to do. Uh, and she was like, take another degree in accounting, take the degree in film, and kind of figure out your career path from there. Um, and with that, I kind of decided what I wanted to do. I don't know. It's weird. And I, and I think that's big in college, especially because in college, you really have to like pursue connections. Like you really have to put yourself out there. You really have to be the one to like decide. Like in high school, there's a like you get an announcement that's like, oh, there's this club meeting, and you think, oh, I'll be part of that club. In college, you really have to like pursue what you're interested in and you've got to be willing to talk to your teachers and to form those connections because they're going to help you figure out your next steps in your career. And so that, yeah, I definitely say that's like a big thing that I would you know, want students to know uh, from their, you know, as they're going into college. Well, and even just today, uh, I was talking with one of the other staff members uh, about what I was hoping to do after graduation and everything. And I told him how I did an interview for this position. And he was like, where was it? And then I told him the name of who did the interview. And he was like, 
they're my best friend. I'm, we'll send in a good word for you. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> I'm going to do something after graduation. Um, but it, kind of STN also gives you that help with connections because you really never know. Like, I have Noah right here. Like, now I know people pretty much everywhere. Um, and then I have these wonderful people. So, yeah, definitely make connections wherever you go. Um, yeah, that too. I, I think that um, there's a triangle for success. Uh, I should copyright this. But uh, it, in my mind, the triangle is is you have to be good, you have to have talent, you have to have skills, uh, and then you have to, on the other end, you have to work really hard and have a really great work ethic. And then, you know, what Aaron and Kevin were saying on that other end is your connections and your contacts your, and, your, and your resources. And if you're constantly working that triangle, I think that's the key to success because uh, if, if you're good, and you work hard and then you know someone that person's going to help you out and it's going to be you know a cyclical situation where um you know people say it's better to be lucky than good uh i think it's good to be both um and i was very lucky um the company that i'm working at now uh, has has invested a lot in me and my, my work as a high schooler and my documentary work got a lot of press attention and then i went to school and I went in as a documentary uh, major and I changed to broadcast journalism and political science because that was the opportunity that I had in the moment. I was interning at the company and I decided I really want to do documentary, but um, this news thing is really working out for me and I, and I really enjoy it. Um, and, I've, and I pursued a career in, in news and, and television news and, and I'm here now. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, do what, what you're passionate about, follow your heart. Uh, but also look at the opportunities that you have. Like if I, like if I had to change careers right now, I would go produce concerts and like be or like be an agent or like something like that. But that would mean I have to go to LA and like start answering phones in the mailroom, um, which like people start doing that and that's and, where and, I'll probably be. <laughs> no, I mean no. Well, that's 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 a path, but like. I'm 26 and I, you know, I'm a producer at, at, an, at a major network and like that's the, the path that was available for me and I took advantage of that opportunity. So I'm not saying don't follow your, your, your passion, but um, yeah. I think in addition to following your passion too, you can't lock yourself in that box. Like you can decide what you want to do and that's fine, but don't be afraid to try other things and diversify what you're doing because it'll help you later on if you can show people, yes, this is my lane. I'm really good at staying in my lane, but watch what happens when I switch lanes. I can still do that and I can still do that really well. So like for me going to college, I knew I wanted to do TV. So I took production classes and things like that, but I also tried radio, which was something that terrified me. Um, I've done documentary style and non-narrative and I have gotten really into social media and digital analytics. I'm not a numbers person. And so I was kind of hesitant going into that because I was like, this is going to be a lot of math and I'm going to get a horrible grade. I'm not going to do it right. But the numbers really clicked and made sense to me. And it has become something that I'm now emphasizing in because I like it so much. And it's a marketable skill that I wouldn't have found unless I did something that scared me. I was just going to say, everyone always told me, don't go study news. Don't go study journalism. Go study something else and then get a journalism degree. Uh, I didn't listen to them, uh, but you know, either way, 
you know, it's it's good to have other skills, as Jordan was saying. Go study history. Go study, you know, something else so you have some content under your belt and then learn how to tell stories and then you can be smarter in your storytelling. Well, and kind of going a little bit off of that and, and what you said, so you said you switched from documentary to, to, um, to doing news and, and, and journalism. Um, I feel like a lot of people would probably find that really hard because you go into college like knowing, okay, this is what I want to do, this is my major, and once you kind of situate yourself into like that uh, path of courses, um, you know, you want to just like stay where you, you want to stay on that. And it's hard to like decide like, all right, maybe making a switch is best for me because you've had one thing set in your mind and you know, you have to kind of get out of that. Did you find that that hard? And uh, like, like, how did you like decide for yourself? Like, look, this is, you know, I, I need to overcome what I previously thought was best for me. It was, it was a little difficult, but it's something that, that I just wanted to do. And, you know, looking back, I probably shouldn't have done it. Um, because I, I would, I had my career trajectory like through college, but I think it would be better if I had a degree in documentary filmmaking and my real world news experience. Um, I think that would make me more marketable and you know but again I followed you know the what I was trying to do in the real world and get that experience at the time um, but one thing that's super important is I knew that I wanted to do broadcast news because I had been doing internships and internships are so so important um, and I know we'll probably talk a little bit about internships but there are too many schools that when I was looking at colleges I was looking at places where you go and you do two years and then you work on your major. And that makes no sense to me because two years into college, I should know where I wanna end up two years after that. And I only know by doing internships and by trying and succeeding or trying and failing. Like they're like, I could have said, I wanna you know do, do news. And then my freshman year to sophomore year, I do my internship at in news and I hate it. And then I say, okay, well now I'm gonna change majors. And I had been, I had been doing stuff in news in high school and in my early years of college. So I knew this is what I wanna do. A change from documentary to broadcast is, is something that I think would be good for me. Um, but it's so important to like get those internships early and to get that experience early and write for your school paper and work for your, you know, school TV station. So, you know, do I love this or do I hate this? And, you know, don't make a change unless you know that this is what, you know, you want to do. Sorry, I think I no, interrupted no, Shelby. I think the biggest thing for me that I realized is that I really want to have a presence in everything that I do. Um, as journalists and filmmakers, our job is to write, find, or tell the stories of other people that oftentimes we neglect ourselves. Um, I took a big step outside of my comfort zone for the first big documentary I made. It was actually my own story. I believe it or not, I used to weigh almost 300 pounds. And so when I was 17, I made the decision to undergo gastric sleeve weight loss surgery. Um, and so I actually did a first person point of view 30 minute film about my experience and my story and just documented it all. Um, it took me a year to release it because of how afraid I was and how hard it was to put myself out there like that. And it did really successful in a couple of different things, um, but it does take courage. And I feel like that's what I realized about myself is that in every little thing I do, I just want my voice to be in it, you know? Um, and so taking that step and overcoming that is really important. And so that's what I realized is that I just really 
you know, I, my, I always joke with my mom, she's like, you're going to be the next Michael Moore, just a little bit less opinionated and nicer or whatever. Um, but that's my thing is sometimes, like I said, oftentimes we neglect ourselves and our stories and they're just as important as that. It's funny you say Michael Moore. I didn't want to say it earlier, but Michael Moore is the reason that I, you know, got into documentaries mm -hmm. because I watched Bowling for Columbine and I watched mm -hmm. Fahrenheit 9-11. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the real, like, <laughs> other than a Ken Burns documentary, you know, that puts you to sleep, uh, mm -hmm. that, but teaches you something and then puts you to sleep. That was like, I was like, wow, here's this powerful storytelling of getting people to care about something. Now, granted, the older I get, and now that I work in news, I see that it's obviously, you know, a partisan, yeah. his stuff is partisan, but, uh, but it's, 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 it's interesting that you said Michael yeah. Moore too, because it's, it's two students of the year that, that watched Michael Moore and said, oh my God, this is something that, that we can yeah. do a version of and inspire us. Yeah. In our own ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh. He's not fair, but he's very entertaining in yes. what he does. Exactly. Like, like I've never watched a documentary <laughs> film and it's like, man, this is just fun to watch. Yeah. Like it's just so, yeah. so enjoyable. Um, all right. So, uh, so yeah, you talked about internships. So let's let's kind of talk about like the transitioning into the professional world. And uh, I know you got a few years before you have to you know, okay. worry about that. I got huge the baby step, face with you. It's fine. You you jumped <laughs> off the deep end. You guys are about to be shoved <laughs> off the plank. So in May, uh, <laughs> less than forty four days. I'm doing yeah. great. <laughs> So um, let's talk about like the steps to get there and like what it is you guys are either working towards or have done to try to be able to take that. Because that's something I, I got to be honest, when I was in college, I didn't think about that enough. Like I was just focused on like, I'm going to do you know, the best stuff I can do right now and work hard right now. Um, and I wasn't really thinking ahead until like it got a bit later. I was like, oh crap, I got to get the job after I graduate here and got to figure out what I want to do. Um, so tell us about those steps to, to looking ahead towards the professional world. My school has an internship coordinator, so he, his whole job is to help people find internships and jobs and bring in recruiters. So we have, it's like speed dating, we have little internship interview days where you get to choose four or five companies in the Phoenix area to interview with, depending if you want to do digital broadcast or PR. And you go and you sit with them for like 10 minutes and they interview you and you can ask them questions about the company, they can ask you questions about if you're qualified or not. And that's how I found my internship that I did for school with 12 News, which is the NBC affiliate in Phoenix. And so the job description was putting microphones on guests on a show called Arizona Midday, which is kind of like a lifestyle entertainment show. And so that was supposed to be my whole job was putting microphones on people and making sure they weren't nervous before we taped their segment. But I got bored with that after about two weeks. So I started creating other jobs for myself. I noticed that their social media was garbage and they weren't posting and they weren't really doing anything to promote themselves. So they had the social media audience that already followed them, but they didn't do anything to try to rope new people in. And that was something that at that point I knew I was interested in. And so I was asking for extra work when it came to that and saying like, okay, after I mic everybody up, is it okay if I take pictures for Instagram? or if I do a little extra video for Facebook to tease the show before it airs. And so they let me kind of take the reins on that and continue and keep going. And because I took on extra by myself, they started giving me extra. So by the end of my internship, they were calling me in to help um, cue people out in the field on the weekend morning newscasts. So I would come in Monday through Friday to do my internship, but then I would also come in on the weekends and help them extra because they knew that I wanted to learn more and take on more and they ended up inviting me to stay on 
after my original internship ended and I got like benefits and crazy things like that that you don't even think about because if you work hard and you ask for more they'll give you more but you you have to ask for it did you get paid extra for doing that stuff I did not. I did not get no. paid to come in at three in the morning on Saturday and Sunday, but that's okay. But it will. Pay, it's experience. It, it will pay off in the future. Yes. And, and when you intern, you should be getting paid, but go the extra mile because it will pay off in the road down the road. I I worked for free so much in high school and so much in college, and you come in and you do those extra hours and and you go the extra mile, and you're not getting paid in the moment, but it will pay off down the road. I'll tell you that. To go off of what they just said, um, I don't know much about internships. Obviously, I'm 18, but, like, I can give you a fresh face view. Basically, um, what I've realized in my whole not even year of being in college and internships is that they have a domino effect. One thing can turn into this, leads to this, to this, to this, to this, to this. And it's about taking that first step and knocking that first domino. Even coming here at STN as a little intern, like, like... It's, I've networked so much already, you know, like right now, like, like I said, I'm doing my community core college. I'm about to work the college fair as an intern later today. I have the opportunity to meet with all these amazing colleges and take advantage of that. You know, I could be at my, I could find my future school today, which could be, I don't even know what's going to happen, but I think it's all about taking, <laughs> taking advantage of that first opportunity because that could lead to so much more. It's the little things like Noah said can turn into huge things and it could lead you to like literally what you could do for many years to come and it's also kind of being selective off of that um (coughs) sorry about that uh one of the first one of my internship actually this past summer i interned at a completion bond company which their role is to ensure that a film or television show is completed on time under budget and on schedule Uh, and i really wanted to intern with them because i knew they had places to go people to talk to they basically work with everyone in the industry um so you have to be a little selective in a sense i picked them because i knew if i was really struggling and wanted to contact someone and uh major like a major production manager or director or some someone to talk to um they definitely would be really helpful with that and just kind of in my advice also would be like be a little selective uh and just make sure yes take everything especially in the beginning um but as you get down the line think about where you possibly want to go and who can help you get there as well you got to pick a good domino the first one has got to be a good one and some internships are better than others um a lot of a lot of people in in dc they intern on capitol hill uh, I tried to do it. It ended up not working out the summer I was trying to do it. I would recommend everyone do uh, an internship uh, either uh, you know, for your local congressperson, whether it's in D.C., whether it's in, in your city, whether it's in Tallahassee, in the state house. Um, sometimes those internships are just going to be getting coffee and getting lunch, which you know is unfortunate. I find in news your internships are are more than that it's filling in whenever you can even if it's just miking someone up you're around the anchors you're around the producers you're learning what you're watching you're learning what it's like to put on a show to put on a production and then you have that opportunity to come in and, and 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 do those extra things after um and and your internships are not only an opportunity for you to see what you're interested in what you're not interested in uh, what, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, to make those connections that I was talking about earlier, maintain those connections, but also to develop your skills and, and develop your reputation. Because y- your reputation is key, because this industry is a small industry. 
uh, people at TV stations, at newspapers, they all know each other. They all talk to each other. Um, they all will talk about you. Um, never burn bridges because you don't know whether, you know, one of your crappy bosses at one of your, your, your freshman year internship is the news director at the station you're applying to your senior year. And uh, I had an intern one time uh, who also people that want to be on TV, don't say that you want to be on TV, that you want to be an anchor. Say you want to be a reporter, you want to cover stories, you want to do what it takes and you want to learn. Be humble in, in, in your approach because I had an intern uh, one of the years that I was working on a show uh, and he came from a, from a prestigious school and, and I asked him, I took him to breakfast and I said, you know, what do you want to do? I think I've told this story to a couple of you guys and I said, what do you, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? How can I help you? He goes, well, I want to be an anchor. And I said, okay, you know, so like you want to do the local route, you want to go to a few different um, local markets, become a reporter and then become an anchor. He goes, well, no, I'm an anchor now. Uh, I'm going to be an anchor. I was like, okay. And this kid, uh, I... When, you, when you're an intern, you have to do a lot of logging. When you're a producer and a reporter, you have to do a lot of logging, but especially as an intern. And I asked him to log an interview one day, and he couldn't log the interview without you know, saying he had a headache and wanting to go home. Uh, during breaking news, when I needed him to cut a piece of video in the control room, I said, hey, I need you to cut this video. I need you to help me with, with the show. And he, said, he goes, sorry, I can't. I'm shooting my reel. And he was in a flash studio shooting his personal anchor reel on the company dime when he was working for the show and it was all about him and it wasn't about the show. And I'll never hire that person because that's just not proper work ethic and and he wasn't humble in his approach. And don't be that person. And going off of that as well, like within reason, if it should always be the, if someone asks you, um, I can't remember the metaphor, how jump. high to jump? Yeah. 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 You were saying, because I can't remember. Uh, jump and they say how yeah, high. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. they tell you to jump yeah. and you how say high how high. high. There we yeah. go. How high? <laughs> that's what I can't remember. Uh, um, but, like, that's basically the intern. You should be that first person in, last person out. Always put in all that work ethic. Um, within reason. Make sure you're not yeah, taking advantage of. Yeah, don't get abused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't get it taken advantage of and know your limits. But, like, anything anyone ever asks you to do, you say yes. Literally, the keyword is yes. Yeah, that would be my advice. Well, yeah, because like, yeah, that sets you up for like, because if they realize, even if you're just doing the stuff that like, ah, oh, this feels humiliating, like I'm getting copy and all that, like that is like the whole idea is like they will realize like, oh, you're reliable, like you're you're up and set, like, and then they'll ask you that question. Well, what do you want to do? What, what do you what do you want to do here? Or they'll assign you something. They'll say, okay, you're reliable at this. You know, let's put you on something. Let's give you something to edit. Let's let's see what you can do. And you know. and, and in parlaying that from internships to your early stages in your career too so like i was that person as an intern but then my my first year out of college when i when i went to work for the company that i had been working for throughout uh college as as an intern i worked monday through friday on my show and then saturdays and sundays not every weekend but saturdays and sundays i'd come in and i work on other shows i'd work uh as a field producer going to different things and you know then you're getting that money, you're getting that overtime, but you're also doing different things and you're just being that helpful person. And when I was an intern, uh, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to go to the last space shuttle launch and they weren't going to send me as an intern to the space shuttle launch. But I said, I, I was working in Atlanta and I said, hey, can I go to the last space shuttle launch? 
and they said well we can't we can't pay you we can't send you but if you go like we're happy to have you work I said okay great and uh, they weren't gonna give me a hotel room and I was gonna stay with a friend in Orlando and then drive back and forth and I drove six hours down to Kennedy Space Center and uh, I worked at the space launch and it turns out they actually gave me a hotel room because they had an extra hotel room but uh, I they didn't pay for my gas they didn't do any of that but I got to not only watch history but meet all these reporters and producers that I wouldn't have met before and that's just going that extra step uh, it, it pays off, you know, in, in doing cool stuff, but also like, I, I just did a, a shoot with, with someone that I hadn't seen since that, since that in 2000, 2011. And I introduced myself to an engineer on a shoot la a few months ago. And I said, Hey, ni nice to meet you. And he goes, we've met He goes, I was at the space shuttle launch. And I go, Oh, that's right. I gave you my, my socks, my dry socks, because it was super, super wet there. And, and he remembered me as the intern that gave him dry socks and people will remember you. So your reputation is, is key. You know, he had a, a favorable memory of me, you know, had, had I, uh, been the intern that didn't want to log tape. I don't think that he would have uh, been or, as excited to or see if me. Had, if you had wet socks. Wet socks. I know. Yeah, I know. Always carry. Always carry an extra pair of dry <laughs> socks everywhere you go. Real, oh, do you want to go? No. Okay. Real quick, going off of what they just said. Literally everything they just described is what I'm trying to do right now with STN. All honesty. If you guys have seen, they played at the opening ceremonies the last few years the STN collaborative documentary trailers. I've made all of those in like an hour and a half. The STM promo this year with my face on it, they didn't ask me to do that. I said, Nancy, this is a video production organization. Why is there no promo about STN? Can I make you one? She said, you know, Shelby, if you wanna do that, go ahead. A day later, I said, here you go. <laughs> it's now on social media. My face is everywhere. I just did it because I wanted to do it, you know? So everything they just said, like, I'm, that's, I preach that. I, I believe that I feel that. Do stuff because you want to do it, not exactly. because you don't wait to be told to do something. No. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's also the balance of not going too far. And I'm still learning those boundaries, especially with STN, you know, because I want to show my involvement and I want to be involved, but I also don't want to come across as too harsh, too much, too strong. So, like, everything they just said, like, to a T, yes. And just, yeah, I know we kind of just said conflicting things, but you also figure out the boundary and the fine line exactly. when you're in the moment. You can kind of detect and figure that out. Yeah. A little common sense there. Yeah. So the last thing I kind of wanted to, to ask, uh, just in case you guys have any like good, good thoughts on this, what is something that you want students to, to know not to do? I mean, we just talked about some of that, but is there something that you would say, look, avoid doing this, maybe something that you tried and failed at, or something that you tried and realized like, wow, that just was not something that either worked well for me that I would tell other people to try to avoid doing that. Is there something you'd recommend to someone to avoid doing or like something that maybe you failed at that you would want them to, to try to learn from? Don't, don't avoid failing because failing is important because failing sucks in the moment but you learn you know you but, learn from your failures but i think you, there's you, wisdom in learning from other people's failures that's true that's so. true and and I'll, I'll 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 pass on that one for oh, now I'm, but no but it, I'm, I'm in the minute yeah, yeah it's, 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 i don't it's, fail often it's okay to fail <laughs> yeah what, what i'm asking is like is it's it's not that like you know it's definitely it, it's it's great to fail like you need to embrace failure and and use that to build upon um, but like you also want to learn from what other people do so you're not just repeating that same mistake. 
Um, and so that's a big part of like, so like when I was in college, like I did an internship in LA and our, our professor brought in people from all around the industry. And I always, even if like our whole class like just kind of didn't really have any questions, I always tried to think of something to ask because I wanted to glean something from them that I could build upon so that I had you know, maybe a nugget of knowledge that instead of having to go through the experience of figuring that out myself, I could glean and, and then build upon from there. Um, so, you know, so don't burn bridges as I, I would yeah. say, you know, I, I preach don't burning bridges, but there are times where you're like, man, this person really sucks. Like, like I'm going to tell them off or I'm going to, I'm going to give them some shade or I'm going to, you know, not reach out to this person because I, I think I'm better than them. Don't do that. Like don't burn bridges. There are people that will, will come around in the future that you might not get along with because of a stupid thing that you did. So just don't burn bridges. I would say, like, if I could go back and tell myself one thing, it would be don't get so worried and obsessed with other people's paths. You have to choose the one that's right for you. Um, and it's it's so apparent. Like, we have so many great STN interns, and a lot of us go to very different schools, even though we're studying the same thing. So we all have different opportunities. We all have different experiences, and they're all good. They're all, like, we all hype each other up as equals. It's not... A competition and I th that was really difficult for me at the beginning of college because I felt like there were very certain things that I had to do and certain classes I had to take and clubs I had to be in in order to be successful and I thought that there was a timeline to all of it but there isn't your your opportunities will present themselves when they present themselves if you're working hard for it they'll come and you have to earn them it's not about um, necessarily the timing that you're planning on um, you have to follow what's right for you. And just because it worked for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you as well. You have to kind of go your own way and do your own thing and do what makes you happy and not try to follow a formula. Yes. <laughs> um, two little things. First one, I would say never settle for just okay. Um, I always use this example in videos. Like little things come down to like, I remember when I first started doing like interviews for documentaries, I'd be looking around like, where should we film this? And I'd be like, here's this wall, that works. No, you gotta think, what can we do to make this better? What can we do to improve, to make this the best? Like the little things like the backgrounds in your interviews and getting the perfect lighting, the little things like that is what sets you apart from being just okay to being remembered. It goes back to what I said in my speech and the things about how when I was a junior and I did convention recap, I literally thought, I should do what they did because they won. And that's the stigma. That's the thing that I really hope that students have gotten past this year. You know, the thing, break the boundary. You know what I mean? To, to I feel like at STN, you know, when we're competing in these events, we all start here at the surface. And it's like, who's gonna dig the deepest hole and, and do the most detail and all the little things that are going to set them apart. So never settle for just, yeah, that's fine. Above and beyond. Like yeah, I said, take that at, extra At this step. age, you don't, like, you don't, like, this is a really important age when you're in high school and in college, because, like, you don't get to go back and redo that once you, like, finish high school and college, and once you kind of put yourself on some sort of professional track, like, you don't always get to go back to the age that you're at now, being that fresh. I think one of my, the things that my college professor says is, you know, you're only going to be that 22, 23-year-old starting off your career once. And, like, it becomes harder the older you get to the transition. So you want to, like, do things the best you can. So, yeah, don't, you know, always try to excel. Don't just try to pass. Don't just try to get by just to get it done. Try to excel at what you do because you have this, this chance now in life to kind of set yourself up as best you can. Not that you can't change the course of your life later on, but, you know, it becomes harder. So.
Um, definitely my little word of wisdom and thing not to do uh, would be not to stress about the little moments as much. Um, I still do that. Um, Jordan knows I still do that way too well. Um, I still do that a lot, and it's something I think I need to change. And it's just the little things also like, yes, you're going to be upset now, especially if you miss deadline. But realistically, like, it's not going to matter in five years, ten years. Um, instead, but don't miss deadline. Yeah, but don't miss deadline. Uh, but like, um, not like not matter, but like, don't let it ruin yeah. your whole convention like experience. Yeah, don't let it define you. Um, yeah. We're really good at coming up with conflicting things that then. Yeah, they, I they, they, know. They we right. we missed deadline for Sweet Sixteen my first year at SDN, and it sucked. Yeah. But it taught us the year after to <laughs> know the deadline and back time, and know if I need to turn this in at four o'clock, that means I need to be exporting at three thirty, and I need to be finished at three. Back time your day is important as a news person. Back time your day. Where do you want to end up? How do I get there? I, I even do that with my college schedule. I, I back time on, yeah, you backlog all your senior classes from your last semester to your first semester so you know yeah. um, and, what to do. And for those who don't know what back timing is, when, you, when you're doing an hour-long TV show and, you know, it's the 4 to 5 o'clock broadcast and you need to be out at 5 o'clock, you back time and you say, okay, if I have this much time, this segment is this much, this commercial is this much, so back time your day. Um, the last thing I'll say about what not to do is is don't become the story uh, yourself. Shelby was talking about, you know, using yourself and using your character and using add. your personality mm-hmm. to add to stuff. But but don't, like, there are too many reporters and reporter stand-ups that's like, well, I'm here today, blah, blah, blah. It's not about you. It's about your story. It's about your character. I always say it's, it's like you have to have a good cake and you're just the icing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and the ice, icing is important. It's great, the but like is, you gotta have sometimes a, a the solid best cake. part of the cake. Mm-hmm. But sometimes. there, there is the cake <laughs> is the core. <laughs> help, come on, Andre, help me with this analogy here. You know, but you know, yeah, the icing is important, but it's all about the cake. You're, you're like that's, the sprinkles, you know. Good. It's beautiful, that's makes good. it pretty. Yeah. But like, if you don't sprinkles got a good cake, the sprinkles are kind of like well, they're off. You can't just eat icing. Icing, it's way too, it's way too overpowering. The cake balances it out. Makes it good. All right. Well, I think cake analogies transitions really well to Q&A. So uh, <laughs> is there uh, anyone here that has any questions? If you have questions, um, I'm going to have you come up and actually just ask them into my microphone so that way on the podcast it gets picked up. So let's uh, let's start right here and I'll come to you. So if you guys want to come on up here a second, I'd need you to talk into the mic. It's kind of like a question comment type thing. But as you were talking about like when you guys like missed deadline for the first time at State 16, our group, we did, we're the anchor team, me and my friend, and we also have two others. Um, and we almost missed deadline by like three minutes because here's how this happened. So we were filming and we go and this uh, one of our group members, his name is Nick, and he has to go export but our computers in the hotel. We were at the residence zone and so it's like there. And so we run all the way, and we and our deadline's at 12:15, and we check, and it's 12:12. So we're like booking it down the booking it down the street, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, why are they running?" And Nick's like, "I have like a tripod on my back. She's carrying a camera bag, and we're all just running up the escalators. And then right when it t- turns at least like 12:14, they drop it in the bin, and then they run away. We don't know where they are. So we just have like a mini heart attack in the middle of." 20 different people walked Casual STN. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, just like, oh my gosh, where did they do? what did they do? And it turns 12.15, and then they show up, and they're like, oh yeah, we did it. And it was the 
really confusing because we didn't know what happened entirely. We were just running and, and doing the thing. So like it was really stressful. So how was your guys' like first big at your first STN? Mm. Was there like any really stressful moments when you guys were Oh I had oh my first one was my sophomore year, so I was in Los Angeles and that was when it was still sweet sixteen, which you guys are missing out. Um I love sweet sixteen. Um it was literally we were exporting our at like eleven thirty and our executive producer was for some reason, we would check the file, and it kept on crashing, kept on crashing. Like, the files looked weird. Um, and it was one of those things where it was just, like, we'd rather have something submitted that we were proud of. And even though it didn't come out perfectly, we still submitted it and got feedback, um, which I think is really important, um, especially as middle and high school students. You definitely always want to get feedback. Um, yeah, that was that was mine, where it was, I was I was so panicked. And I was it was my first time there, so I just had away from everyone <laughs> what's what school are you from last year junior high school and, and what's your name too you oh my name is gabby ozhikovskas uh i live in california and yeah so when you said los angeles i'm like i live there <laughs> what grade are you in i'm in seventh grade so are you coming back next year i am you better Great. be so what are you going to do differently next year with this experience and next year i'm going to we're going to uh plan more efficiently because what happened that delayed us we had to like from like when did when did our competition start? Like around you know like 10:30. But what happened was that our mic wasn't compatible with the our, our mic. Our camera wasn't compatible with the microphones we had, and we were in a busy floor. And we went up to some floors, and it was still really loud. So we didn't know where we we're going, and so we ended up going one more floor up and in like a discreet area. And then. We, we had to make a makeshift teleprompter out of, get this, a garbage can, two backpacks, a computer, and a, and I used a mouse while it was recording. I used a mouse to scroll up and down. And it was, it was really scary because we were at 12 o'clock and we, and we had one minute to do six different articles. So she was like speed talking and then Ron Paul, which was the, the guy that was filling with her, we were like all like, so terrified and then they had to run to the hotel run back and do that entire experience so next time you're going to be more familiar with your equipment and you're going to back time yeah mm -hmm. and you're going to make deadline earlier yeah all right thank you double check your equipment always <laughs> and we had another question over here So uh, I'm curious what degrees you guys think are beneficial in lieu of uh, filmmaking and broadcasting that would make your careers, uh, you know, something more of an enriching experience further on and something that will make you better storytellers and make you more marketable. Um, something, I mean, at least for me, because mine's the weirdest, I'm sorry, I think mine's the weirdest combination, uh, accounting and film. I, it's something that definitely my advice would be find something that you're passionate about like if you want to do like film but you really are interested in history do history and film um if someone i know is also she graduated with a retail management degree with also a degree in biology because she just was really passionate about that make yeah make it something that you're passionate about and you could speak about because then you could always find an intersection that might be really weird and really strange but you could always find an intersection within two degrees and you don't need to get two degrees if you don't want to you can pick up a minor and you can figure it out don't get caught up on the degree yeah let's do it uh focus on on the uh, on the experience i'm not an academic um 
I think degrees are important. You obviously need need degrees, but focus on the experiential learning and and what makes you happy and how you can get to your kind of like back timing. Figure out where you want to end up and then figure out how to get there. Yeah, and find your find your means to the end. I have. I'm getting a certificate in leadership and ethics, and it probably won't benefit me at all in journalism. But it's interesting to me. I like examining people's leadership styles and figuring out why people lead the way that they do. So it's something that was interesting to me, and I needed some extra classes. So it doesn't necessarily, I mean, if you're interested in it, it doesn't always have to benefit you long term, because sometimes it's just you take what you want to take. Well, considering I'm kind of similar in your shoes, and I don't really know which direction I'm going in, what I've just learned personally from them is it's about finding your niche. And it's it may take a little bit longer to find, but and I feel like that's almost a thing that you don't really find it, it's going to find you. And if it's not there yet, then it's just you don't know yet. And it's worth it to let wait it out because I don't even personally, like, right now I have an idea of what I want to do, but as far as the specifics, like, I'm still kind of like a one-woman crew. Like, I do, I'm used to doing everything. You know what I mean? It was Not like Aaron where he kind of fine-tuned and found it. And so right. if you haven't gotten there, then it's just... Right, so being open to your curiosities. Exactly. Try always, new things. Always follow them mm-hmm. and, you know, that is what, does what leads... That's what leads into your passion. Because oftentimes it's what we don't expect. Believe it or not, I used to hate being on camera and talking publicly. I know, guys. Insane. (laughs) Um, And so I used to think, like, like I would never want to do this. Oh, my God. And now everyone tells – and I've never taken a single class, not a single thing. And the second I tried it, it was like – people tell me, like, I am naturally born with just the ability to speak and have a presence. I never thought I would know that. You know, so that's the thing is – is a lot of times the things that are unexpected are the things that I don't even know where I'm going with that, but I think you guys get what I'm saying, so, and how. (laughs) But also, like, broadening your horizons, like, if you want to make films, like, I'm sure you're interested in a lot of cool things that would make for cool films, but expose yourself to different people in different communities and different stories that that, that you wouldn't know, because there are so many untold stories in this country, in this world, that make for better films, because... You know, if we make a film about STN, we're we're all here, we're all at STN. That might be you know interesting to watch. But what's going on in Seattle that we don't know about? Those are the better films. So like, I digress a little bit, but like, find a degree that will allow you to tell those stories in the right way and get to uh, a job that you want to be at. But also, you know, go find those untold stories and don't just focus on what is within my reach. Go beyond that. Can I have one more question, if that's okay? Go for it. I was curious, um, your opinions on what makes Michael Moore such a good storyteller, because I myself am so inspired by him, but I'm always curious, like, why? What what makes him so good? What are those key elements? Well, my thing is, like, the amount of himself he puts into everything he does. He gets a lot of backlash for his very opinionated work, and, you know, it's like no one's ever going to love everything you do, but I think it's respectable. It's the fact that he has the quote-unquote like balls to do that that's the thing is like it's though people may not always agree with it you have to admire it that's what I respect so much I want to be honest I have no idea Uh, I have not watched Michael Moore I'm sorry when I Um, have homework Aaron you just learned something today I have enough homework (laughs) in my tax class don't recommend taking a tax class um but yeah that's yeah I'm sorry I think exciting narration is is like an interesting one um Shelby kind of kind of said it. it he puts himself into things um I, another person i really like is well 
he doesn't really do much anymore because of the because he got me too. But Morgan Spurlock, uh, I thought was was a good storyteller and putting himself into supersize me, uh, and like eating McDonald's is unhealthy. Why do I want to watch that documentary? This guy ate only McDonald's for a whole month. What happened to him? Like that's cool. Like using characters, whether it's yourself as a documentarian or whether it's you know your subject, yeah. tell using yourself I as a vehicle to tell interesting stories and an interesting vehicle. I think is important. As I think of it this way, think of if you haven't seen Super Size Me, please go watch it. Think of Super Size Me without Morgan Spurlock. It's not Super Size Me without him. You know what I mean? Like it just it adds. It adds another layer of dimension, and it just strengthens it and makes it that much more precise and more detailed and more his own and original. They're both interesting storytellers. You should check them out if you haven't. Do your homework. They know how to poke and prod in ways to make things entertaining. Like Michael Moore specifically will poke at things Mm -hmm. and and highlight things and and just make it seem like ridiculous. And it's like, wow, maybe it is kind of ridiculous. We should rethink that a bit. Um, But then the criticism, I think, is, is... you know, and this is kind of what STN's all about, telling the story, and think about all sides of the story, is there are definitely sides of the story that they omit. I mean, part of telling a story is not just what you tell, it's what you omit. And they both omit, well, I mean, primarily Michael Moore, definitely omit certain things from his story that you could make an argument like, well, okay, yeah, but you're not talking about this, probably. Um, but just watching what he does is, is fun, it is entertaining. So. Yeah, and that's where the omission is, I think, the bias is heavily on the omission, which is from like a news perspective and from a a fair perspective don't do that but if you're doing like entertaining documentary like that's a key part of it the omission yeah cool great questions thank you you guys did we get her name or she was oh no i didn't oh my gosh thank you yeah that's why you have a producer (laughs) (laughs) my name is heaven keller i go to george jenkins high school and i'm also from lakeland fantastic you're the girl with the youtube channel right Yes. No. Yeah. yeah. With well, the little, little, with the little, songs. the little. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, um, aren't you, yeah. pa- aren't you passing out like t- no? The paper cranes. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. Was, she got I, best in photography yeah, last night. On the plane, I, I, well, I made over fifty to a hundred cranes a couple months ago after my film was done. They, they take like three to five minutes each to make. And on the plane, I spent two hours writing the instructions on how to find the film on the plane. And so we get to Seattle. I was like, what better way to market the film than pass these cranes out at STN? Because months back when I made the cranes, I'm like, Ugh, I can pass them out at the library. I can pass them out at school. I didn't feel like I was getting much luck. So I'm like, okay, how can I... What's the best, who's, who's my audience here? And I thought, okay, SDN, beautiful. <laughs> so yesterday, the whole week we've been here, me and my friends, we've just been passing out little paper cranes to all the SDN passerbys, and they love it. And that's not something I was quite expecting. They, they just smile so big, they're like, thank you so much. It's, you know, they look at it, it they look at it like it's a little gift, and that just makes me so happy. And part of the symbolism in these paper cranes, the, sim- the, the paper crane literally symbolizes peace. And so for me, they might not know that, but it's my own little metaphorical uh, mission to just spread peace and give love. You put yourself in it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You guys won film excellence last night for uh, cinematography. cinematography. Yes. 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 Fantastic. Thank you so much. We came from the same home. I came from uh, not her high school. I came from like Gibson High School, which is a rival school. We didn't right. really like George Jenkins. <laughs> right. But uh, 
Uh, but yeah, that's awesome. It is one that's small awesome. world. Yeah. One, one thing I forgot to say is market yourself. Marketing yourself mm-hmm. is key, and you just Fine. really Fine. kicked Fine. butt at that. Yeah. You know, you made an awesome, <laughs> you made an awesome movie, and you figured out how to get it out there. So know how to market yourself and know your self worth. So that's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Represent Polk County. All right. Any other questions? Come on up. We got about seven-ish minutes. We're going like the full time here. This is, <laughs> this is exciting. And you didn't even tell me. My name is Ashley. I'm from uh, Armin Larvey in Hermiston, Oregon. And I was wondering, like, what type of camera would be good to, like, make at-home videos? Because there's just so many options these days. I just got to hop on that. I think the best camera is the one you have. doesn't matter what it is. Like I said, literally, hold up a second. You still have it in your pocket? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's the thing. This, like, cameras nowadays, like, don't get me wrong. If you have access to a great camera, use the camera. But nowadays, it's, like, literally, like... Money does not equal quality. You know, I started on this iMovie when you had to pay for it. I paid five bucks for iMovie, and I was like, that's so expensive when I was 13, you know? Um, I literally, nowadays, like, I still film videos. I'll just be like, if I'm somewhere and I'm like, this is so beautiful, take out your phone. You know what I mean? Like, like, cameras, they're amazing. Cameras are amazing tools, and if you want to go into cinematography, oh yeah, camera nerd, go all out. But at the end of the day, the best camera is literally the camera you have right then and there to capture the moment it's the camera's important but what's on camera is will always trump it like tremendously i I, I, know that's an important (laughs) message and and i was gonna say it's about the story it's not about the technology as we were talking about earlier but technology is also important so yes the camera that you have now but the little things that i will tell you technically is have a good tripod I just got back from this film, uh, from this video workshop with like actual professional news photographers and my company sent a lot of people and we had to, for a week, do this intense like no audio, no fancy zooms, no fancy anything, just your basic fundamentals of know your framing, know what's what's visually stimulating. Um, But the tripod is key because I don't want to be watching like shaky video. Have a good tripod, first of all have a camera that you know how to use that you're trained on that that is uh you know a decent camera if you're doing audio good audio is key too don't get caught up with like the fancy gimbals and you know drones are fun and cool and exciting and i love them but like your basic fundamentals of um don't you know so many people have these dslrs now and they're shooting on dslrs and it looks like a movie but they don't know how to use the blurry backgrounds yeah the blurry backgrounds with those lenses with you know you get better depth of field but when i'm watching you on this you know sexy lens but you're out of focus don't do that get a camera that you know how to use exactly exactly i have a kid not to call him out hope he's not listening he's 16 he's rich he owns an ursa mini pro 4.6k can tell you all about it the things that I shoot, I use a Panasonic G85, got it used for 600 bucks. Not to call throw shade, but he doesn't know how to use it. Everything, it's out of focus. There's no composition, there's no lighting. You know what I mean? Like, you can have the cheapest camera versus, I'm telling you, you should try this sometime. Have good lighting with an incredibly cheap iPhone camera and compare it to the most expensive camera you can find. And, I mean, in the dark, no lighting, no tripod all of that and i promise you i promise you it's so much more than the camera not to say cameras aren't important because like i love cameras but if i had to personally recommend a camera i would always call the lumix gang up panasonic g85 just gotta plug that real quick but at the end of the day please use what you got and make the most out of it
one of, one of my favorite places in the world, B&H Photo in New York City. Oh, spend yeah. so, so much money there. I love it. Go on their website, go there in person, and, and just, like, pick their brains because they have fun toys. your next casual trip to New York City. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even if you go into the stores, yeah, the so website. I said the website. Yeah, Come on, but don't go on Jewish holiday because they're closed. Yes. Yeah. But go into the stores. Also, go into the Jewish or not Jewish store. Sorry, if you I'm just gonna, uh, the store is awesome because like they have like conveyor belts all around the store that like brings the equipment. To you. It's, it's, it's really cool. I'm a fun. yeah. It's a, it's a it's turkey moment. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank, Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, well, yeah, we got, we got like four minutes. Okay, I'm asking this because they're being too shy. So I am a supervisor here for, not a supervisor, but I'm a volunteer um, with the middle school group from Hermes Morgan. Um, they have a great Armin Larvey TV class and program in the middle school. They next year will be going into the high school that does not have a broadcasting program. Um, they have a video productions class um, that freshmen can't take and that's about it. The high school will produce content for some assemblies and that kind of stuff. What are some things that these girls can do once they're in high school without much of a program? I, I'm gonna start that one as a teacher. Just start something. Get in there, Kevin. Yeah. Start. You deserve it. I was say, why not? Just do it. Even like, if it's just a club. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, when I was a student, I was the, our teacher was an art teacher who was put in charge of TV production. Like it wasn't like the teacher doesn't make it, and I try to tell my students that like I shouldn't be the one who makes this program. It's it, you make it, you decide what you want it to be, and just make it into something. All the stuff I did in middle school for Miss Hickman, I wasn't in a class. There was a, a a mediocre broadcast class that I had nothing to do with, and I was making these videos and I was getting them aired on on TV there. So like. I, I think just do it, as Kevin said, but also have have a champion at the school, whether it's the principal or an assistant principal or a teacher that kind of just cares, uh, whether it's you know someone from someone from the middle school that you can set up a meeting and say we want to continue this, and maybe in three years from now you'll have an actual program, and and you know STN can help, I'm sure. Uh, that's that's a resource, but yeah, why not just do it? Don't ask for permission, do it, but um, get the permission and the champions that you need. <laughs> I think everything you should make should have two things, a purpose and a passion no matter what. The amount of intro videos in my class that I've seen and they go, we're going to make a new story. And the students are like, okay, um, I'm going to make a story about basketball. It's like, okay, that's awesome. Um, what a better basketball team is interesting. Not that anything's interesting, it's your job to find the thing that's interesting. The amount of, every year, every year, there's a story and it's just like, they go to the basketball players and like, so what's your favorite part about basketball? You gotta think bigger, more detailed. If you wanna chime in, please. From this workshop that I just went to, every video we got an assignment and we had to come up with an with what we called a commitment statement. And the the assignment could be basketball. Sure. Find your character. So like Aaron is like getting a basketball scholarship or something. Why is Aaron getting a basketball scholarship? So your commitment statement is Aaron's getting a basketball scholarship, and then we want to figure out why. So in anything that you do, to kind of just put a word to what Shelby was saying, have a commitment statement in what you're doing. Don't like You can start it with, I want to do a story about basketball. I like basketball. It's cool. But then figure you out what you're going to do. Because I don't want to watch 10 minutes of B-roll of basketball. Yeah. If there's no, like, if I always say, like, um, 
a news story is a name for like it's called news story but at the end of the day i feel like for someone coming from my school it kind of has become like an assignment like i'm gonna make a story and it's like no you need to tell a story it's not about making a video titled a story it's about telling an actual story beginning middle and end you know take that idea of basketball maybe find a certain player find an aspect about it just keep digging deeper because that's what makes your videos that much better it's just going more detailed more into it and and speaking yeah. of basketball to your question just do it i love how we're talking just about basketball go, just go make <laughs> just go make the the, the program just yeah. do it you guys have to do that is it you two yeah. It's up to you guys to find it. That's okay. the challenge. Yeah, figure it out. Like, but only do it if you want to do it. Okay? Don't do it True. because someone's telling you to do it. Do it if you want yeah, to do it. Yeah, you don't have to do about basketball. Because it'll only it. thrive if, if you want to be doing it. If you're paving the way for what you want, to be the teacher will have no choice to be like, well, crap, I guess I got to like just help support them do this. Um, like, I don't, like, I like it best when my students decide what they want to do and they just do it. And I'm like, well, crap, they're doing something. And I guess mm -hmm. I got to figure out how to support them to do that and, you know, just make it make it to what you I think want. at the end of the day if you are passionate about what you're making other people will see that and will acknowledge yeah. that it's it's the passion, passion that's what sets you apart I remember someone told me the other day like yesterday the first thing they said that got when I gave my speech the first thing that drew them in and this wasn't even part of my speech this just was improv was I've waited a year for this five minutes you know and they said in that moment I knew that like this is where your heart was and it makes me so happy that I didn't have to say that but that's the message that I gave across by this. And that's my TED Talk. Thank you. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, that is all the time we have. Aaron's very anxious about the people who just ran. He wants to go yell at them and say no running. And Noah's got tons of notifications on his phone. So we uh, need to probably wrap this up. So thank you, everyone, for coming out. This is great. This is fun. This was good. Thank you guys for participating. Thank you for asking us. Yeah.